Let the adventure begin with Chris Stinker Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Danker, and wherever you are in the world, I hope you are having a beautiful week. This week, we are talking about the art of friendship, and I recently picked up a book at the Urban Abbey. It is located in Omaha, Nebraska. If you are ever in Omaha, you have to check out Urban Abbey. They're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, and it is a very unique place. It is a coffee shop slash bookstore slash church. I know, cool concept, right? And one week when my husband and I were attending church there, um, Pastor Deborah McKnight, who leads services there, um, was referring to a book called We Should Get Together by Cat Velos. And I started reading the book and it just really um, spoke to me in terms of friendship. And uh, so we're going to be talking about three different facets of the art of friendship today. The first is talking about um, how to initiate friendship. Secondly, how to maintain friendship. And finally, how to grow friendships. Um, in the book by Kat Velos, she talks about a study that was put out by Cigna in 2018. And in this study, there were some really startling statistics that are pretty sad when it comes to friendships and the lack or the lack thereof. Here are the stats that she shared. 46% of Americans report feeling lonely some or all of the time. One in four Americans feel like there's no one they can talk to or like there's no one who understands them. One in five Americans report that they rarely or never feel close to people. So then I was thinking about how as kids, we have no problems making friendships, especially with younger kids. They, you know, see another child at a, you know, park on a swing and they ask, hey, can I, can I swing next to you? And sure. And then they start having these little conversations. Or, you know, if they are playing at recess, everyone lets everyone join in the games and they just have fun. And so there's no problem initiating friendships. And, and as we get older, and I think about the fact that as a middle school teacher, um, watching how friendships grow and evolve and how they even get more difficult in middle school is just so sad to me. And even when we feel like we're connected through social media, and don't get me wrong, there are ways, you know, like I have a friend who is in Australia. Hi, Sarah, if you are listening. But Sarah and I have never met face to face, and I don't know if we ever will. And that, those are amazing connections. However, on the flip side, um, a lot of times we use social media as a replacement for those actual face-to-face, um, genuine connections and conversations that we can have with people. And so the first thing I want to talk about is the initiating stage of friendships. Like I said, children have no problem with this, but as adults, we really struggle. So I want to share a couple of different examples of how maybe you can initiate friendships. And the first one is very much random. I was reading this social media post by Brett Culp, and Brett Culp is a documentary filmmaker, and he's also an inspirational speaker. And I'm just going to re read his post that he put on um, his Instagram story. 
He says, after his speech, a woman named Susan tracked me down. She was battling stage four cancer and wanted to share how my message had lifted her spirits. I said, I will pray for you. Actually, would you like to pray right now? She turned and told all the people around us, we're going to pray. You can join us if you want. Moments later, surrounded by new friends, I prayed for Susan. I prayed for her healing and for the healing of the world. I prayed for strength, hope, and peace. When I finished, we were all crying. I felt grace and light everywhere, and each person got a hug. Dear friends, we need each other. We are built for connection and community, and life is better when we walk together. I'm committed to being ready for these opportunities and keeping my heart open to engage them fully. I hope you will continue to join me. And I thought this was very cool because here was this chance happening after one of his speaking engagements. And who knows if any of these people will um, continue this friendship that started as very much a spontaneous moment through prayer. And who knows, maybe not, but maybe one or two of those people um, through this initial encounter might decide that, hey, we have some other things in common and might actually start communicating more with each other on a different level. Second example of initiating friendships that Kat Velos talks about in her book are those chance meetings in proximity. And my son who lives in Chicago talks about this as well, that he says, you know, Chicago is um, a big city, but yet it's small. He says, you know, when he goes for walks, especially in his neighborhood, and, and he's very much in an area where he walks all over the place, he sees the same people over and over again. And uh, in fact, there was a time when he was on an, on the elevator in his apartment building, had seen this same girl on a couple of different occasions. They struck up a conversation and she said, hey, we're having a party up on the rooftop. Do you want to come join us? And he did. And he, you know, again, he met a lot of different people. And those initial ways of just stepping out of your comfort zone and saying hi to someone that you've seen over and over, um, you never just know where they're going to lead. Uh, I experienced this myself recently, uh, an administrator in a nearby school district, um, one that I used to teach in, she, uh, during Pride Month, is reading this book called This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson. And she put out there, if anyone else would like to read it with me as someone who uh, is an ally to the LGBTQ plus community, if you want to have a conversation about it, I would love to. I responded, another teacher in that same district responded, and at the end of the month, the three of us are going to get together to talk about the book and how we can be better allies moving forward, not just during Pride Month, but throughout the year. Who knows if we'll uh, make this a thing and maybe pick out another book, but even so, this was a great way to um, talk and have conversations through a book. And then another example that I wanted to share as an initial way to strike up friendships is I have a niece who is in her mid-20s, and she recently moved to Dallas, Texas. And, you know, she's only been down there a couple of months, but she has done several meetups through Facebook. She um, is an avid book reader. She reads a lot of fiction, and so she has found um, some 
you know, some friends, initial friends through um, talking about different books, um, going and doing different activities that she has in common with them. And she feels like she's going to have some friendships that grow out of some of these meetups. So there are a lot of initial ways that we can begin friendships, even as adults, if we're willing to put ourselves out there. And uh, I know that sometimes it's very hard to be vulnerable um, because we don't like to be rejected. But here's what I what I figure is that there are millions of people in the world and we can put ourselves out there and not everyone's going to be our cup of tea and we're not going to necessarily be other people's cup of tea. Uh, but it's just the mere fact that we try and maybe one or two or three of those friendships will stick. Face it, we can't maintain all of those friendships anyway. But then the ones that do stick for us, we can maintain them in different ways. Kat Velos talks about frequency, and she mentions in her book that she had a friend that she sees probably six times a year, and she um, was really interested in increasing the frequency, but then in talking to that friend, that friend said that she was happy with seeing each other six times a year. And she's like, okay, you know, she, even though she wanted to increase the amount of time and the number of times that they hung out together, she maintained what her friend wanted to have. And so I was thinking about a couple of my friendships and they're, you know, and I, and I completely can connect with this in terms of maintaining friendships and that we are, we do have friends that we don't have to see all the time in order to still consider ourselves friends. So for example, uh, I have one friend who he and I were both um, elementary counselors in the same school district for a time. And we basically catch up once a year. In fact, he recently texted me out of the blue and said, hey, isn't it about time we have coffee or have our tea time? And I'm like, "Uh, yes. So we're going to be getting together here in the next few days to catch up. Like I said, We only maybe catch up once a year and we live in the same city. That's okay. That's okay to be able to do. I have another friend that we have been friends since high school. Uh, We live about an hour apart. We have, we're busy in our own ways and are always going, going, going. And we are going to try to, what I'm going to uh, approach her with is try to see each other seasonally. Um, For example, she is going to be coming to Omaha and we're going to go to a farmer's market. We're going to go out to lunch, hang out together. But I know realistically that she and I are not going to be able to see each other um, maybe more than four times a year. So I'm going to say, hey, let's get together once in the summer, fall, winter, spring, and see how that works out for her. Because if we can um, hang out once every three months, I think that will work for us. I have another friend that I meet up with for coffee once a month, and we used to teach in the same school district. And then I went to another different district. And interestingly enough, she's also now coming to the same district I'm in. Uh, And when we first started meeting for coffee, it was a lot of catching up on you know, who, you know, who we knew from our um, common school and, you know, just catching up with each other in that way. But now we've branched out. We've moved beyond that. In fact, when we got together for coffee recently, she had recalled last month that I was talking about a couple of loved ones who were having some health issues. 
she followed up and asked me how they were doing. And I thought that was really cool that she remembered. Um, we talked about the fact that she's going to uh, very soon be attending a conference and she has a family reuni reunion coming up. So when we meet together in July, I want to be able to ask her how those went. And, you know, when you can have those um, friendships where you are maintaining them, but you don't feel the need to see each other like every single week, or even necessarily once a month, um, you do what's right and what works for that friendship. In other words, every friendship doesn't have to be exactly the same in your life. Now that we have talked about initiating friendships and maintaining friendships, especially through frequency of time, now it's time to think about how can you continue to develop and grow relationships. Catfellow says, the toughest walls are made of our own stubborn refusal to be vulnerable and brave in our pursuit of fulfilling friendships. It's critical that we approach our endeavors to rehabilitate our withering capacity for intimacy with gusto. We must focus and be intentional in our pursuit to take back our attention and our time and to repurpose it for building the connections we deserve. We'll have to summon up as much courage and ingenuity as we can. If we succeed at this, we'll have access to the most precious thing that money can't buy, each other. And I love this because when you're growing a friendship, you need to be able to be vulnerable. You need to be able to be brave. If you mess up, you need to be able to um, apologize sincerely and um, with complete um, genuineness. And so friendships, yes, are hard, but when you're working on growing them, it, it takes a lot to move beyond the surface level. In the back of her book, Kat Velos has an entire section of better than small talk topics, different conversation starters to move beyond the surface level. So here are a couple of examples. If you could go back in time to spend a week with one of your great grandparents, which would you pick and why? If you were going to be interviewed on a national media program, what would you want to talk about? How do you want to be remembered when your life is over? What are some things that annoy the crap out of you? Um, and I love these because as a middle school classroom teacher, I really work to build community in my classroom. And sometimes I make the assumption that the kids coming into my room all know each other when in fact they they really don't know each other very well. And so I'm going to rephrase some of these questions for a 12 slash 13 year old to better understand and help de develop the community within my classroom. So you can use these in different ways is what I'm trying to get across. Whether you are developing community in, let's say, a classroom, in your workplace culture, um, or even in your own fr friendships, this is a way to go deeper. Again, the book that I have been referring to in this episode is called We Should Get Together by Kat Velos. And I want to encourage you to use bookshop.org. I'll provide the information in the show notes. But bookshop.org is a way to support local small bookstores in your community. You can still order online, but you uh, choose a bookstore that is close to you. And then some of the proceeds of a book that you purchase online will go directly to that bookstore. So check it out, bookshop.org. And again, I hope that you are having a beautiful week. 
Until next time, let your adventure begin. Peace.